To follow all of the political news here in the capital city, across Wisconsin, and in Washington, D.C., you really need a subscription to Madison.com. Right now, you can get your first three months of all our digital content for just three bucks. That's right, three months for three bucks. Go to Madison.com slash subscribe now. You can take the Democratic National Convention out of Wisconsin, but you can't take Wisconsin out of the virtual Democratic National Convention, Phil. Five top Wisconsin Democrats spoke at this week's elaborate four-night TV commercial for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the Democratic ticket for president and vice president. That included U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin, who had a prominent spot on Thursday night. She was part of the warm-up act for Joe Biden, the big show himself. Yeah, she got to speak for just over three minutes. That was more than three times the amount of time that Tony Evers and the others got. Holy mackerel, he had a short speech. (laughs) Well, today on Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to recap the Wisconsin moments in this week's Democratic Convention, and some of the bloopers. Sounds good. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more convened half. The more conventional half. So the first speaker on the opening night for Wisconsin was U.S. Representative Gwen Moore of Milwaukee. She got just over a minute to speak, and hers was the high-energy speech. Hi, I'm Gwen Moore, and it's my honor to represent Milwaukee in Congress and to kick off the 2020 Democratic Convention. Oh, I sure wish you all were here in the city of Milwaukee, which takes its name from the languages of the first peoples interpreted as as good land and gathering place by the waters. This is a city where blood was shed for labor rights, where a fugitive slave was freed from prison, where women's right to vote was first ratified. But today, we gather virtually. However, we gather unified in spirit, unified in our values and purpose to heal divisions and together move the nation confidently into a prosperous, inclusive future. What better way to gather than all across America to nominate my beloved friend, Joe Biden, to be 46th president of the United States of America with my VIP, VP nominee, sister Kamala Harris by his side. Tonight, we are gathered to reclaim the soul of America. I thought she was great. I don't really know Gwen Moore very well. She's kind of not a super high profile congresswoman, but... She was high energy and made some good points, a little funny, very warm, welcomed people to her hometown in Milwaukee. I thought it was a good way to start off. Yeah, she definitely did what she was supposed to do in this this brief moment. I know Gwen Moore well. She used to be on the Joint Finance Committee as a state lawmaker back in the days when I would sit through multiple hours of joint finance meetings. Wait a minute, Scott. Are you you saying you used to be a real journalist and not just an opinion monger? I used to do gavel-to-gavel coverage down there at the state capitol, and it was actually fun. 
most of the times. But the funny thing about Gwen was she would stand up on the floor of the Senate and she would say something like, I will be brief in terms about what she was going to say, and then she'd go on forever. I'm very familiar with that. I've been in more than one editorial board meeting with somebody who does the same thing. I've also received a voicemail from you, Scott, which is, I'll be brief, and then you talk for five minutes. Okay, uh, guilty as charged. Touche. In Gwen's defense, though, of of my slander there, uh, not slander, that's accurate, she often did seem to wear down the Republicans. Like, if the Republicans in joint finance controlled joint finance, at a certain point, they'd be like, all right, g- give Gwen her amendment and let's move on. You know, so... <laughs> I could see that. She seems tenacious. I especially liked the rhyming VIP, VP nominee, sister Kamala Harris. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was good. I don't think a lot of people, when they think of Milwaukee, they think Native American heritage, but both Gwen Moore and Mandela Barnes in their speeches talked about the Native American heritage of the community. Yeah, and a lot of people probably didn't see this speech It was as the first night was opening, but she laid down some of the themes. It was fine. She was very upbeat and quick. And we have spent more than six times the time talking about her speeches she spent actually talking. <laughs> so let's move right on. The next Wisconsin speaker who spoke was Tom Barrett. He gaveled in the convention. He, of course, is the former U.S. representative from Milwaukee. He's the twice-failed candidate for governor. He, of course, is now the mayor, longtime mayor of Milwaukee. His speech was more parliamentarian. He had to get the meeting started. And so it was a little more straightforward, not as exciting a speech. As we all know, this is not a conventional convention. And as much as we would have loved to host you in person, I am proud that the Democratic Party and the city of Milwaukee have made the health of our residents our number one priority. Unlike the president... We've never called COVID-19 a hoax. Unlike the president, we've never made fun of face masks. And unlike the president, we've never belittled our public health experts. We understand why we can't be together this week, and I hope you do too. And as our party comes together virtually to nominate Joe Biden to be our next president, we're showing the country that we're nominating a leader who isn't afraid to make tough choices or to work with health experts, not against them, to address this pandemic. Milwaukee is a very special place on America's fresh coast. I look forward to the day when you are all able to come experience our beautiful lakefront, our historic neighborhoods, and above all, our diverse, hardworking, and friendly residents. But in the meantime, It is my honor to call the second session of the 48th Quadrennial National Convention of the Democratic Party to order. If you count the gaveling in, he got about two minutes there, Phil. So he was doing better than uh, Gwen in terms of uh, FaceTime on TV. That's a really long Democratic Convention speech, two minutes. He brought in talking about Milwaukee as... Uh, and Wisconsin as America's Fresh Coast. I like that. Did you know that's why uh, the Sheboygan Fresh Coast beer is named that, Phil? I did not know that, but it's a really good beer. Yeah, and it's a great branding phrase for Wisconsin along the Lake Michigan coast there, that that's the Fresh Coast. And he got a few zingers in going after the Orange Man. Before we get to the governor speaking, we should say that there actually is a purpose to this 
convention beyond just firing up people to vote for Democrats. They actually have to count the votes for who is going to be the Democratic nominee. In bygone years, it wasn't predetermined ahead of time who the nominee was going to be. And these conventions existed to get all the Democrats together to figure out who they were going to put up for presidential nominee. Yeah, and Mandela Barnes had the honor of announcing Wisconsin's vote. Usually when you do this, it's very exciting because you're doing it on the convention floor and the entire Wisconsin delegation would be around you with rousing cheers. You're standing up, everyone's behind you, and yeah, it's, it's usually really good television. This was just standing in front of a screen with a teleprompter. Just about every other state besides Wisconsin, they were outdoors in in front of someplace historic like the bridge in Selma or the Springfield courthouse where Lincoln uh, spoke to announce his run for presidency back in 1860s the coast of California some beach in Hawaii Wisconsin had like the lamest place to announce their delegation from like a blue screen that said Wisconsin behind it. Yeah, Mandela could have at least gone down by the Fawn statue and... That's right. Did a... Hey. Or the coast of Lake Michigan. You could get a nice view of that art museum in the background. It's a beautiful state, Wisconsin. There's lots of better places than inside the Wisconsin Center. Welcome back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A great city on native land on a great lake. It's the place where I was born and raised. Right in the heart of the 53206 zip code. Now, this is a community that's been faced with some significant challenges due to historical injustice, but what many don't see is the joy, the resilience, and opportunity that lies within this community and so many others across America just like it, where hardworking people are fighting to provide for their families and to build a better future. We know that we build a better future for our nation by channeling Wisconsin's legacy as the birthplace of the labor and the progressive movement and uniting around a bold, inclusive agenda that uplifts every community. In the pursuit of a more just future, one that recognizes health care as a human right, one that tackles the climate crisis and takes on racial and economic justice, Wisconsin cast 30 votes for Bernie Sanders and 67 for the next president of the United States of America, Joseph Biden. Joseph R. Biden. <laughs> His delivery was very laid back, I would say. It was so laid back, he got Joe Biden's name wrong at the end of it. Yeah, that's the blooper I was referencing. He turned Joe Biden into a plural noun. He said Joseph Biden's. Well, Scott, no, 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 no. He's, just, he's in on the secret. There are seven Joe Bidens running for president, <laughs> all sitting in the basement in Delaware. Is this part of QAnon or something? This is part of the QAnon theory, yeah, is that Joe Biden, he died 30 years ago. These are all robot versions of Joe Biden. Funny little flub there, not a big deal. You know, he did all right. I just thought it was a little more laid back than the language he was speaking called for. My impression is Mandela Barnes is kind of a laid back guy. I think that's why Tony Evers picked him. Tony Evers is not laid back. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good running mate for Tony Evers because he's just about the exact opposite of an uptight, boring old white guy. Well, Tony, of course, speaking of boring uh here's his speech this way he got just over a minute but it felt much longer good evening folks i'm tony evers and i'm incredibly proud to be the 46th governor of the great state of wisconsin we were really looking forward to having you here in america's Dairyland. unfortunately the pandemic means we can't do that this year but what unites us is far far greater than what divides us. So even though we can't be with each other, I know we have a shared sense of purpose. That is to, re to elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
This November is about returning kindness, respect, empathy, and civility back to the White House. And that's who Joe and Kamala are, because they know, especially during challenging times like these, the problems we face can only be solved by all of us together. Holy mackerel, folks. Let's get to work. It was classic Tony Evers' speech where he's stumbling around a little bit, but I thought they picked the right guy to make a point about kindness, empathy, and civility and bringing those back to the White House because that's what Tony Evers represents. And if we want a little more boredom in the White House, which I do, Tony Evers is a good guy to have out there saying, see, boredom's not so bad. This is what boring is. I am I am boring and we're doing okay. And actually, in Wisconsin now, we are doing uh, better with the virus, for example, especially in Dane County. And, and the mask ban does seem to be working in lowering those numbers. I do want to really thank Tony Evers for saying holy mackerel in his speech because I got to get those mugs made of the of the, the, the fish with the halo on it, the holy mackerel. Yeah, we definitely need to gift him one of those coffee mugs. Yeah, c- classic aw shucks ending uh, and most people have, you know, it's a real shtick now in Wisconsin. But for most people, that's uh, the first time they've heard anybody say holy mackerel in about 40 years. So uh, it probably was effective. I'm surprised he wasn't playing euchre during his speech. Uh, you mean computer euchre, virtual euchre? No, you could do social distance euchre. That's a long deal, man. All right. The final major Wisconsin speaker, there also were a couple school teachers who spoke, but the final one was U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin on the final night, the most prominent spot. She got three plus minutes. Keep in mind, Tammy Baldwin was on the long list as a potential VP choice for Joe Biden. She's a relatively popular U.S. Senate from the absolutely crucial swing state of Wisconsin. So it's not surprising that they had her speak and talk about health care. I feel like that's her signature issue is health care. And she does a very good job talking about it. She's got good personal stories to get that message across the line. Hi, I'm Senator Tammy Baldwin. When I was nine years old, I got sick, really sick. I was hospitalized. But since my grandparents were the ones raising me, and our family's health plan didn't cover grandkids, they were forced to pay out of pocket for my three-month hospital stay. I got better, but the insurance companies didn't. They refused to cover me at any cost because I was marked child with a pre-existing condition. We all have stories like this, stories about a time when the system was rigged against us, when we were counted out, left out, pushed out, Just think of what we've heard these past four days. Healthcare professionals who don't have the protective gear they need. Young people whose asthma will get worse as our air quality does. Workers who are afraid of losing their jobs. Each story begs this simple, fundamental question. A question that gets to the heart of the choice in this election. What kind of country do we want to be? Do we want to be a country where millionaires get to dodge taxes or one where working families get a break? Do we want to be a country where medical bills bury people in debt or one where health care is affordable for all or where tens of thousands of people die from a virus or where the American dream lives? 
I think we know the answer to that fundamental question because most of us want the same things. Good schools in our neighborhoods, racial justice, the freedom to love who we want, dignity in our work, and an economy where small businesses and working families thrive. And over the past months, we've added another to that list, a nation free from COVID. That's why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the only answer in this election. Trust me, they are. You see, there's another part of my story, the part where I ran for office, the part where I served in Congress, the part where I worked with Joe Biden and Barack Obama to make sure kids and grandkids, if they're dependents, can stay on their parents' health insurance until they're 26. We got that done. And yes, it was a big effing deal. That's the America I know. That's the America I love. And that's the America we will be with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House. A nation that plans. A nation that builds. A nation that builds back. Say it with me there at home. A nation that builds back better. Here in Wisconsin, our state motto is just one word, forward. This November, let's move forward and never look back. She highlighted what is probably the most popular aspect of the Obamacare slash Affordable Care Act program that is still in place despite Trump's efforts to undermine it. And replace it with something much, much better. She brought up that young people and in some situations even grandchildren can stay on their parents' health care until they're 26. And and that's a super popular thing, as is she brought up the pre-existing conditions. And of course, don't miss the reference Nobody who is LGBTQ would miss this where she said that we have the freedom to love who we want now. And that, of course, is a reference to Tammy being a real trailblazer when it comes to gay and lesbian people being elected to very high office. Yeah. She was the first openly gay person to be elected to Congress and the first openly gay person to be elected to the Senate. The Trump administration made a big deal that Joe Biden wasn't coming to Milwaukee for this convention. All these Wisconsin speakers appeared to be in Milwaukee when they delivered their speeches. But the camera shots from outside the convention, the Fiserv Center, it was barren. And you and I, Phil, were going to spend several days over there podcasting about it and talking to people. And COVID-19 understandably put the kibosh on it. You think they could have picked like a better backdrop to film everybody at? Maybe in front of the Pfizer Forum or, or someplace that gave you a feeling of place that you're in Wisconsin in this beautiful city of Milwaukee, as opposed to just sort of the interior of a conference room. But the Democrats, they made the right decision not to bring lots of people into a convention hall. And even Trump is doing that now with his convention next week. Part of the decision there was that we need this to go off perfectly. We need to show people that the Democratic Party can hold a convention virtually and that the Democratic Party understands how to use technology and can use it effectively. Uh, I'm not aware of any major technological bloopers, so it did come off fairly well. I think you and I were watching different feeds last night. I was watching this sort of 
gavel-to-gavel complete feed of everything that was being programmed by the Democrats for viewers to see. You said you were watching... I made the mistake of watching that evil corporate enterprise of PBS that kept cutting out of the convention to have their their really old white commentators talk about what people were saying. So... um, I actually, you know, they they skipped over Tammy Baldwin's speech. They didn't run her speech live. You know, it was, they had, I think, Mark Shields and David Brooks talking about something else at the time that Tammy Baldwin was speaking. So I didn't get the same experience you did, but that's okay. I mean, big picture first for Milwaukee and Wisconsin, and then how about big picture for the Democrats and Joe Biden, who gave his speech last night, and we can talk about that briefly, but I think big picture, obviously, it's a bummer for Wisconsin. Uh, Some people are calling for uh, the Democrats to hold their convention back in Milwaukee in four years. They'd like Milwaukee to get that big influx of money. They should do it in Madison. That's right. Let's go to Madison rather than Milwaukee. I think that would make some sense. I would not be surprised if uh, we do see Joe Biden physically come to Milwaukee and to Madison just before the election. That's always been a traditional thing. Now he can't have a giant rally like they like to do. But I'm sure we'll see his presence. If we don't, I think that is a big mistake. I think he's got to come here regardless of the health risk for him uh, and keep him away from people. But as I was watching PBS last night ahead of the convention, uh, the, the, they were talking to the assistant campaign director for Joe Biden. and She wasn't com- committing to any travel at all for Joe Biden. So I'm not I'm not I mean, I'm not so sure they are going to come to Wisconsin, which I think would be a huge mistake. I remember us joking about it when they when they named Milwaukee as convention site, like, well, there's one way to get the Democratic nominee to come to Wisconsin. But uh, maybe not this time around. Yeah, I don't see why it's so hard to put him in a plane six feet away and uh, fly him here and pop him out of the plane and say hello and leave. In any case, uh, I guess when you're ahead, you play it safe and... All the polling shows him ahead, not just in Wisconsin, but across the country. Uh, It's really his race to lose. And when it came to his speech last night, for Joe Biden, I thought he did really well. In fact, it was a really long speech, I thought. I thought maybe the point of that was they're showing he has stamina. I kept kept thinking, okay, Joe, you did just fine. Wrap it up, pal. Yeah, and it— I mean, it was longer than all the other speeches because we're used to these two-minute speeches now. But when you compared to— I think people said it was the shortest convention speech ever at a convention, but that's probably because there was, he wasn't stopping every two words for an applause line. It felt long to me, and he was doing fine. I mean, like I say, I thought it was a good speech, very emotional speech, really pushed the theme uh, that a lot of people are pushing on the left and other places across the spectrum, which is it's time for someone with more decency and experience and who's a little more grounded to be the president of the United States, to have a, a, a real grown-up in the White House. It seemed to be the overarching theme of at least the last night of the convention was just what a nice, kind man Joe Biden is and how he's empathetic and so much has, has such a better handle on other people's emotions than this narcissist Donald Trump does. You know, and just, and just playing it up like, he's a nice guy. He's nice. He's nice. In fact, actually, I think the, uh, the word that was used a lot was decent, what a decent man he is. And it's actually, I think with Joe Biden, it's sort of a double entendre, too, because, you know, he's a decent man that he's kind. He's also like a decent candidate, as in he's not horrible, not great. He's decent. The convention certainly isn't hurting his cause. 
it seems like this race is so locked in where the only way Trump wins is the way he does last time, where he gets this sort of last minute surge because of something unusual. Like, uh, you know, they they announce uh, that they have the cure to COVID-19 or there's some sort of calamity internationally or nationally that shakes things up. Or Ron Johnson announces an indictment of Biden during his, uh, (laughs) because of his investigation into Burisma. Yeah, it feels like to unbake this election so that Trump can come out of nowhere and win again, it would be something like that's got to happen because the polls have been so consistent for so long And gee, there's a little more than two months left. Sure, a lot can happen in that time, but Trump's numbers have been so consistently in the low to mid 40s, and you're now seeing Biden's numbers around 50, sometimes even slightly above that, which tells you that he's really in control of this race. You know, and I think think back in 2016, a lot of people voted against Hillary. You know, I don't think there's going to be such a big vote against Joe Biden. I think because he is so well known, but also kind of considered to be sort of your average Joe decent guy. You know, I don't think there's a whole lot. I mean, there isn't a right wing conspiracy against Joe Biden the same way there was against Hillary Clinton. Um, You know, and people don't hate him the way they hated her. And his mind seemed sharp last night. I mean, if anything was going to undermine him at this convention, it was going to be stammering. It was going to be the teleprompter going out. It was going to be him fainting. Or The only knock on him that, that seems to be sticking is maybe he's too old. Trump suggests he's senile. And in this speech last night, boy, he seemed sharp as tack to me. Right before he spoke, there was that story. They had played a little video. They played a short video of this 13-year-old kid who was a, who who grew up with a stutter, and who has who has a stutter, and he gave a spe- he gave a little speech and talked about how Joe Biden's helped me get over my fear of stuttering because he used to stutter too. So all of a sudden you take this whole idea that Joe Butter Joe Biden fumbles over his words, you're like, oh my God, he's a stutterer, and now you're making fun of somebody for you know that sort of takes that off the table a little bit um, to understand that Joe Biden's overcome this 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 uh, history of stuttering. Yeah, I really thought that that moment was the highlight of the convention when they had that kid speaking and in a few moments struggling to get past a stutter on a certain word. It was it was really powerful and it was really hard not to love that kid and to feel good about it and and like you say it's it's sort of taking a negative and tr- about potential negative about uh the nominee and turning it into a positive. Can I tell you my favorite little anecdote from last night, which was very, very insidery and silly, but they had this little Zoom call with most of the other Democratic candidates who didn't get the nomination, and they were sort of telling stories about what a nice guy Joe Biden was. And I loved Amy Klobuchar telling this story about giving this empty floor speech, and no one's listening, and nobody's paying attention to her. And she's like, well, maybe my mom watched it. And, the, and your phone rang. She's like, you know, it's like, and it wasn't her mom. It was Joe Biden saying, hey, good job, kid, stick, stick to it. And then Bernie Sanders comes in like, and did your mother ever call you? And she didn't answer, which I'm assuming was a no then. It was a real sense of humor from Bernie Sanders. I've never seen Bernie Sanders be like charming and funny before. On Saturday Night Live he is. Well, that's that, that's this is Larry David. Oh, that's not him? <laughs> and that's not even funny. It's just cantankerous. Our theme music is by Tube Tester. 